Welcome back to the mailroom where we interview aspiring entertainment industry professionals. I'm Steven. And I'm Tyler. And we love the guest we have on today. He is our good friend. We all met at Temple University. And he's actually our third roommate, Mr. Matt Ward. Matt Ward on the podcast. Oh my God, we can't hype this man up enough. He is an aspiring camera operator who has gotten his foot in the door as the assistant to the director of The Mass Singer. He's also done so many other shows. Uh, he worked on the Game Awards. He's worked on the Billboard Music Awards. He's worked on PGA golf tournaments all over America. He's uh, doing uh, it all. He's doing it all. And he's going to be a camera operator one day, and we can't wait for that to happen. He's just got a really cool way of going about it, and you can hear his passion, and he just loves what he does. So let's get into it. Matt Ward, take the stage. <laughs> Matthew Ward, welcome to the mailroom. Matty Ward in the mailroom. <laughs> Excited to be here. We're really <laughs> happy to have you. <laughs> I don't even know what we're going to talk about today because there's too much. <laughs> there's a lot. I yeah. know, isn't there? Where should we start? I think I think the easiest way to start is probably just talking about like your Temple TV stuff first. Okay. Temple TV? Yeah. yeah. Go all the way back to the beginning. You yeah. want to start at the beginning? I'm down to start at the beginning. I yeah, there's yeah. I definitely have some questions. Should we go yeah, should yeah. we go linearly? You wanna you wanna tell your whole life story? <laughs> yeah, but let's do it with you know, yeah. like Tyler's got some questions. Let's open yeah. let's yeah Question, we can never we can before ask questions to Maddie Ward. Yeah. I will be finding this information out for the first time here on the mailroom. Is that true? Oh, You've never cool. I've never had a conversation with Matt Ward either. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, this is all new all new to me. <laughs> TV, entertainment industry. Yeah, where does that all come from? Uh, high school. It all it started in high school. So if we're going way, way back, we don't have to dive into that stuff. But high school, uh, I went to Governor Livingston High School in Berkeley Heights, New Jersey, and they have. Uh, what was that? What did you say? There? Governor Livingston High School in Berkeley Heights, New Jersey. Wow, uh, that rolls off the tongue. Really, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a lot. It's a, yeah, it's a mouthful for uh, for high school in town. Um, but yeah, they had a, a good television station. Um, like in in the high school, and it was like actually, like, I guess you can consider it an elective class that you could take. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I kind of just kind of was interested in what that class had to offer. Took it once, and then I think like sophomore year of high school, and then fell in love with it, and just did it every. I took the elective over and over and over again, and it was cool because you could learn something new every time you mm-hmm. took it, and that's kind of where it started. They had. You could do anything from just like shooting with the camera, like a small camera in your hands and editing to they would shoot the football games. They would shoot the high school plays with like multi-camera setups. And I had a, a control room with TD switchers and audio board. And that's kind of where I fell in love with the process of uh, TV magic, doing yeah, shooting film. something live. But so before this program, you never had any inkling to want to do something in television? Um, no, I wouldn't say that. I, I think I've always been intrigued by cameras and technology and uh, creating, I guess. Um, but, it, I mean, it was pretty early on in high school that it was just kind of... I mean, we would do, like, I know... You guys did too when you were kids. Like you would make little goofy movies on iMovie or something. Like with your friends, you would oh, yeah. make little edits. Um, and like I don't even know. Yeah, like just goofy skits. And then 
So that was, I mean, I feel like that's something we grew up with almost, yeah. like, in our generation. And so that was always fun. And then, um, and then like, once I got to high school and though that class was available, I was like, let's see, let's see what this has to offer. And, and what and was, I like, the, what was the first thing you did in that class? Were you, were you camera guy? Were you editing? Were you directing? Um, it's, it's a very, like, the, Joe Voorhees is the teacher. I, I absolutely, he was my favorite one of my top three uh, teachers I had in high school. Um, really cool guy. Really great teacher when it comes to this stuff, especially production and television production. And he had kind of a curriculum for your first time. Uh, first, Everyone's first time taking the class. There was like a curriculum. Like you would, I think like a music video was part of it. And there was like a, a scavenger hunt where you would just take out one of the cameras like th that would record to like a little mini tape uh, deck like in the camera. And then... You would take the camera out around and uh, around the school and like do a little scavenger hunt, and then you would take the tape out of the camera and put it on a tape deck and like use the patch bay to like put it into Premiere and capture it and and then edit it all together and like it wasn't like the projects were more of like it, technical, you know, you're learning the technical aspects of it, mm -hmm. and then and then you got at the very end you got to be creative and make a music video, and then like every next time, I mean, some people would only take the class once. But me having taken it three times, like the second time, you would kind of get to make your own curriculum. You would just like talk to Joe and be like, what do you like? He's like, what do you want to learn? Like, Joe what do you Voorhees. Wanna... He Joe seems Voorhees. like my kind of guy. Yeah. I like TV, but even more than that, I love scavenger hunts and making your own curriculum. So yeah. <laughs> this guy, he's right up my alley. Yeah. He really, really was cool to have as a teacher because he, it was like the, I think it was the first class, like, I, we experienced it at Temple in college where you can, like, do your own thing, like, you know, a teacher will shape something to what you want to do, but in high school, it was the first time a teacher was just like, what do you want to learn? So, like, what do you want to do? And, and then, so you go to college, you go to college for media studies and production. Yeah, I knew, I, like, I knew based on doing the media production stuff in high school, I, I, like, I narrowed my field down. Like, I'm going to school for media studies and production, and I'm looking at schools that have good programs in that, and just settled on Temple for a number of uh, reasons, but really fell in love with the program there when I went to go tour. And you have very creative parents. I would imagine that they were supportive of this decision to pursue yeah. the media arts. Absolutely. That's yeah, they were, they were... My mom um, kind of really helped... She, like I think kind of steer me and help push me she, I think she knew that's where that this is a good thing for me and where I wanted to go and she kind of helped a lot with that the college search process and like really helped me kind of narrow it down to that and and was always very supportive of that you know? yeah so when you get to college and you go to Temple for this great media studies and production program mm -hmm. what do they have to offer um they have so much to offer and it, it was they have they have news uh, pro. They have a a, a long running news program, which is one of the best out of any like any college in the country, I think. And um, and they've got television studios, in studio productions, multi camera in studio productions. They have classes that you make documentaries and films and write scripts. And um, I, I think and beyond that and beyond what the curriculum and the uh, the classes and the facilities provide themselves. I think what makes Temple so special is the um, the students and the extracurriculars and the stuff that the students produce by themselves. And it was so easy to just find 
ways to get involved and just hop in with other students that um, wanted to make things and make shows of their own and um, and hop in hop into that. I think that was kind yeah. of for, from freshman year. I mean that and that's one of the big reasons also why you choose Temple over. You know, you always hear about like Syracuse. You can't get your hands on equipment until this time, or yada yada. First, a uh, number of other schools like that too. And then at Temple, it's freshman year. You can just hop right into an extra. I've heard curricular. you say millions and, of times, hands yeah. on gear. Yeah, yeah, hands on gear, and that's that's what it was in high school. So I'm like, I'm not gonna go somewhere where I can't have my hands on gear. I've had my hands on gear for the last four years. I feel like I might not have been able to take advantage enough of that. But did you? Were you camera day one? Yeah, I'm, I, I had my own DSLR too. So I think maybe like the first half of freshman year, I was doing a lot of clubs where I was able to use my own DSLR. And but they would have the people that were kind of running the club that were maybe a grade up or two grades up um, had gear from the school like audio equipment to record and and some lights and things so i was getting my hands on that gear and then definitely definitely by the end of freshman year if not sophomore year i was like i was using a ton of gear from the equipment office because i was involved in uh tutv entertainment shows and news shows and i was doing i was doing temple update freshman year um and so i had all of their gear, access to all of their gear, like right away. Where, where were your interests lying back then? Like when you were a freshman, were, were you heavily in camera? Did you know you wanted to do what you want to do now? Like what? Where were you? Yeah, I was back then. I was. I felt like I was still very open minded. Like I was, maybe I'll do the business route, you know, or like the business side of the media. I was just kind of like exploring um, that aspect of things through the classes and. There's like, you do a lot of media theory classes freshman year, as you guys know. And like, I found that stuff absolutely fascinating. So there was a big part of me that was really keen on um, like media theory and research and writing papers. And and I was maybe even considering that. But at my core, I was always wanted to be on set making stuff behind the scenes. That's kind of always been what's attracted me most is the behind the scenes. Like Mm -hmm. I've always just wanted to make the magic behind the scenes like what's going on yeah what's the crew doing what like it's yeah i just love crews like team you're on a team you work together to make something and that's kind of like the root of why i love doing what i do i am so curious about that because i don't i feel like i can't relate in a way yeah because what drew me into entertainment was the idea of story like Uh i'm so fascinated just by like stories i love stories and that's what like drew me in the mm-hmm. the technical aspect it comes with it that's something i have to learn how to do in order to do what i want to do but so i need to know why why did the technical aspect mean so much to you what was it the behind the scenes factor that drew you in i think it a big part of it is just like i just love i love being crafty i love working with my hands i love being physical with my work and like I think that's even what I found in high school is I just like being active in that way. And that's kind of why I went uh, or I knew I wanted to go into media studies and production is I just, I like working. I like building things. I like working with a crew of people to just like make something that was nothing before, you know, or like turn a stage into something or, and it's, I think for me, that's what it is. It's the technical aspect of it. I love working with my hands. I love, being creative um, in the moment um, and 
that's kind of I think that's what it is. So I mean, here you are in college. You're bouncing around, like you said. One, you have a DSLR. You're probably taking pictures. You're working on documentaries. You're working on short films. You're working on yeah. uh, news stuff. Yeah. So like here you are. If it's about the process to you, does it not matter? I guess the product that you're working on is at what priority is the content for you that you're making. Um, it's become more and more of a priority. Uh, I, I think the more I went uh, through Temple, the more stuff I worked on, the more it became a priority. And like the shows I directed at Temple, like one being Temple Tonight and one being The Vibe. Um, and Temple Tonight, that's that's like late night. Yeah, TV. late night. That's Temple Temple Tonight's version of like late night mm-hmm. comedy talk show host. And The Vibe is um, The Vibe was a hip-hop culture and entertainment show um it was the first of its kind on tutv (laughs) um it was really awesome it was a really cool hybrid like i think what's this what's the show um you could think 106 in park i think is um like what it's most like which i hadn't really watched but like the people that i was working with when we were creating that show uh compared it to that like Mm -hmm. 106 in park um so it was it was a really cool hybrid of a lot of different things of of music, dance, uh, poetry, and and inter- interviews and theoretical questions and topics and um, it, it was a lot of fun a lot of fun to make. I camera up for you guys on on one of those. Shows. I know it was <laughs> it's so funny. I remember having you. I forgot like once we linked up in college like for senior year yeah. you had mentioned that to me and it, I had completely forgot about it but then when you brought it up I specifically remember the times where you were camera hopping for me and you were one of the better camera ops that I had <laughs> on that show like I was I was so excited whenever I got the like the initial crew call that I would send out to like to try to staff the show um, whenever you responded those one or two semesters I think you did it. Mm-hmm. I was real. I would always just be like, okay, I, I I know I have at least one person that I can get creative with, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and that that was that was cool. So so you talk about directing. We yeah. haven't gotten into that at all. Yeah. When did that start for you in college? And at what point were you like, this is amazing? Yeah. I so I got a taste of it in high school, even mm-hmm. doing like a, a high school play. Um, but never actually fully did one myself. Um, so re- I, it wasn't like a main goal of mine when I was at college. But then when I was at college, I was working on these shows. I was on. I worked on the first episode of The Vibe. Temple Tonight had already been around for a little while. But th- these are those were two of the shows I just got involved in immediately, like freshman year. I would every um, other week or however often they ran, I would um, I would sign up to be audio engineer um, or camera or any every position in the studio pretty much um and just kind of i guess worked my way up through through doing those positions and just getting close with uh the director um and the people and the producers and the people who make the made those shows and the first time i got to be in the control room um i I thought i wanted to be an audio engineer i think i think that was yeah that's what it was my main goal when i got to temple before temple you wanted to be i want i wanted to because that's what i did in high at high school mostly i did the live sound for the high school plays and ran sound in the control room for the plays 
and I wanted to be an audio engineer because were you boom hopping or were you like mixing or mixing? It okay. was it was yeah. so it was the the theater there's, sound like the theater no sound system. There's no boom in place, right? Nobody's nobody's holding. No, boom. not for the high, like it was like High School Musical, like literally it was High School Musical, and like so you have like you know every every actress actor in the play gets their own little taped on mic, and so that's what I would do. There was like uh, we had like a fifty mics, and we would. Uh, that was my job to tape them up and get them all nice and neat on their face, and then I would run the uh, the mix um, during the, the the high school musical. Yes, with... I I did the plays back in high school, yeah. so I I know that whole that whole process. Yeah, the, of the micing everybody yeah. up and <laughs> you do the sound check and and all that. Yeah, the mics were they good? Were they good microphones? Yeah, we had good equipment. We were working on a good soundboard. Really, really good system. We had a really nice theater. It yeah, was, yeah, the, it was, like the speakers and the microphones in the front, like on the stage as well, right? Yeah, and yep. so you had to mix those. And, then, with and the I would mix the pit orchestra, the pit, mm-hmm. the, our band, our orchestra, the high school orchestra would play the, the music for the musical, and they had a whole array of really expensive microphones, and so I was taught how to use those. And I, I thought I wanted to be an audio engineer so that I could travel the world being an audio engineer for uh festivals and music and concerts around <laughs> around the world that was one of the fantasies i had uh when i was young and trying to it's very go specific temple. yeah so that's kind of what it was at, at temple i was i made myself like the first like a a um like the a1 on these temple tonight and the vibe shows and then eventually made it to audio engineer so I was audio engineer in the booth for Temple Tonight for the first time, I think it was. I was in the booth uh, doing the audio engineer, and I was sitting there. I was mixing the levels, which wasn't all that hard for a show like that. And I'm in the booth, and I'm watching what's happening with the director and the TD, and I'm watching them do their thing, and I'm just like, okay, yep. that's <laughs> cool. That's <it>. one, <laughs> one, like, one day you're like, I want to mix audio for festivals and travel the world. Yeah. And next, you know, Wait a sec, yeah. I want to be controlling the multi-cam system in a live yeah. television yeah, studio exactly that's and it's, i mean it, it's not quite night and day like that it's <laughs> funny it's funny when you put it that way because it's kind of i mean yeah there's truth in that but like it's not as night and day in that because i mean these shows are they're a small product a small production you know it's, it's a television it's all students working together and, and that's and that's goes back to what i was saying earlier with like just like lo- really loving being a part of a crew. We would go into a studio that's a blank, empty studio with no equipment set up, and then you go in, you build the set, and it was just fun. It was really exciting, fun doing that, and I think that falling in love with that process kind of took me more and more towards TV rather than wanting to be an audio engineer and and do music per se. Because I was like, I was in there, I was built, helping do these things, I was quickly kind of moving up from position to position, and really fell in love with that process of making making TV, you know, and, and it was the same process in high school, making TV, like, out of the high school musicals, but this was a little bit different because it was a smaller crew that had more say and more control over the shows, and it, I guess, I think, yeah, I mean, that's the process I fell in love with the fresh, freshman year. Um, and that's kind of where I, why I just like dived headfirst into that and moved my way all the way up to director of those shows. And I think I know the answer to this, but <laughs> was there somebody who was directing that you saw and was like, I need to talk to this person? Yeah, it was, his name is Josh Symbol. Um, and he, 
it was really cool. That's it was really cool watching him work, and that's kind of what I was just saying. I was an audio engineer watching Josh Symbol do his thing, and I, I became friendly with him, and I wanted like a permanent position. I wanted more. I was trying to take more and more responsibility. So he gave me the audio engineer role, and I took it head on in a way that no one else had done for him. Like I really kind of created like spreadsheets to know what kind of gear I handled all the gear rental from the equipment office at Temple and you know I would read the script and I would talk with Josh like what do we got going on this episode so that I can you know he wouldn't have to think about what audio equipment we need or just like renting the standard audio kit and like oh we don't have this thing to do this thing I really tried to take the scripts take his um or have him tell me what he's trying to do on this show, and then be like, "Okay, cool. Audio will be locked down. I yeah, got this. Don't gonna, don't worry. About yeah, it. I'm gonna build. Yeah. I'm gonna build out the audio kit. I'm gonna make sure we have everything we need to make this sound good. And so he's that kind of um, take charge mentality. He appreciated that. He liked that. And so we became friends that way. Um, yeah. Then watching him work as a director, I was like, "This that's really cool. I I would love to try that. And I think I just kind of said that to him um and the timing of it all was interesting and that's kind of how i got in i was just kind of followed rode his coattails up to director of those <laughs> of those shows and then i'm gonna skip forward a lot uh-huh. feel free to bring me back yeah but sure you followed his coattails all the way to all i'm still following him yeah you still I'm, are I'm gonna be following him <laughs> for the rest of my career <laughs> um yeah he he was one of um, he helped me out a lot when I was uh, fresh out here, first year out in LA. Um, he got he got really lucky um, through hard through hard work and through his own you know determination. Um, but he got a big break, one of the bigger breaks um, that I've ever heard of in Hollywood, working for uh, the director that I am now an assistant to um, on on The Masked Singer. Mm-hmm. Um, he basically uh, even on season. One, I think he reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to be Alex's assistant and their assistant. And how um, old were you? Um, I was uh, still in 21. College? Yeah, 20. I think 21. Um, it might have been. Senior. It might have been season two. Yeah, it might. See, it was senior year. It might have been season two that he asked me because I had just graduated, and then I think they were doing season two that summer. Okay, so there and, was no question of oh my god should i drop out of school and just start my career early no 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 i was already i wasn't able to take that job that he offered me first time season two because i had gotten the television academy internship program it was like a post-grad internship for me which is what um allowed me to make make the jump out to la is getting that internship and since i had locked that internship down i couldn't do mass singer season two but uh, being friends with Josh as I am, but just stayed in touch and was like, you know, if the position opens up, like I'm, I will jump in um, any next season. And it just so happened on season three, the PA or their assistant that was doing it, um, I think, left to do a production like in China or something, and the position opened up. And and yet he texted me, he was like, hey, position's open. I was like, I. I'm, it's got your name on yeah. it. <laughs> this is it. it Did anyone it was, else apply, it, like? Were you nervous ever when you were applying for this job, or was it like more? If you want it, it's yours. Yeah, pretty much. It was. It was more that because it was. I mean, Josh was the person hiring me, and I'd worked with Josh for four years at Temple, 
And so it was just kind of like, I didn't even have to apply or anything. It was just, uh, uh, Josh like pitched me as, you know, a good, good PA who I think is really interested in this specific type of television and would do a really good job as your PA pitched, pitched me to Alex in that way. And Alex was like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's see what happens. And, and Josh got back to me and was like, you're hired. It really, it literally was like, he texted me. It was like, do you want, like, do you want this? Are you available? Do you want to work on season three of Mass Singer with me? And I was like, yep. And he's like, cool. And then got the process rolling, rolling from there. There wasn't really an application. So did you have any idea when that was happening how easy it was compared to how it usually is for getting a first job in the entertainment industry? I mean, I yeah, I knew how fortunate it was. I knew like how great of a connection that ended up being, you know. And it's through it's through Josh's luck and through like I mean, it's just yeah, I mean, very lucky. Stars it's, align. Yeah, it's <laughs> as lucky. It's as lucky as it gets. The stars align. Like he lucked out, and because this guy who I worked really well with um, in Temple had the job, and and like yeah, I mean, we're just. I mean, me and Josh are. Are nerds for multi-camera television we've always shared that nerdiness for it and so he always knew it when he got that job he always knew that there wouldn't be a better person for the, their assistant role than than myself so it was just kind of yeah definitely lucked out in in that way um but that's kind of i don't know it, that's always how i preferred to find work like i don't there's not a lot of jobs where i'm applying to in a typical sense like the way you probably have been sending out a ton of job i mean before you got your job at um wme mm-hmm. like sending out tons of job applications with the typical resume and cover letter and and interview typical interview processes and i just i that's not something i really have done that much it's more you hit it, up the connection and they're like yeah we we have something yeah um, or they're like no we don't have something now but, right but i mean that's just you're in the freelance world it's completely different yeah Let's let's take a step back here, okay? Because you came out to LA and, and worked with Josh, right? But yeah, before you graduated, what was your mindset on what was going to happen for you, Matt Ward, after school? Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy. It, it 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 keeps sounding like too good to be true, but like this job working on Mass Singer, being a booth PA, is I guess the technical name for it. Um, that that's the job I wanted. Like I came out to LA wanting that job. Um, and now you and, have it and yeah, and now I have it and I got it like as my second job out here or like third show I worked on. Like I had my television Academy internship and then I worked on America's got talent for a season, the champions season. And then I got the mass singer as a booth PA. And that was like the job I wanted. And I was doing exactly what I came out here to do. I mean, I was directing at, by by senior year, I was directing at Temple. I'd been keeping in contact with Josh and some of the other directors I'd met out here during this LA Study Away program. When did you know um, that you wanted to go to LA? LA had always been a dream. That's which is a big reason why I did the LA Temple's LA Study Away program. Even, even in high school, you're thinking I want to do this for real. The like, at what point did you know the only way I could actually do this is to come to LA? I knew that. Like, I knew like the only way I can do this to, is to come to LA. Like that specifically was very like that was during the LA Study Away program. Okay. Where I was like, okay, this is for sure it. But like 
LA had always been an interest of mine, and it might have. I honestly don't know how far it goes back because it goes back pretty mm-hmm. far. Like I can't pinpoint where when LA actually became you know part of the dream, you know, or when mm-hmm. Southern California became, was a part of the dream, you right. know. And it might have been in high school. Now you're a surf and addict. Now, yeah, <laughs> and now I'm living the Southern California dream, I guess. Um, but it's yeah, it's cool. It that LA was always there, always one, always a goal of mine. Came out to LA for the study away program, did my networking, learned what LA was all about and like, and was like, okay, I'm coming back. But if I remember correctly, senior year, you had ties to a production company in Philly. And when we met second semester senior year, when we were working on uh, Temple Pilots, I know you had a job opportunity possibly on the horizon and you were definitely in between. So it was exactly, I mean, and it's that. It's that time when you're near graduation where it's like, it's job time. Like who knows? Like what? There's, there's like a million pathways sprawling out in front of you as you walk across the graduation stage, and it's like where, like, what's gonna, what come, whatever, what comes, what comes through, what, what's gonna fall into place, you know? And there's definitely connections of mine in New York from internships I've had worked in New York and um, connections in LA. You know, Josh being one of them. And then uh, definitely that company I was freelancing for, Synergetic Productions, doing like live event production, which is a little different than television production. Um, but I was working for them and really, it was really enjoying that. So it was just kind of what's all going to come through. Like, you know, I, I, if, if the New York job had come through um, before the Television Academy internship, I might be in New York right now. Or, you know, well, the reason I'm asking all these questions is because you and I shared a very interesting car ride while making strays. And I want I want to hear about it. Yeah. So we were in the car on the way to Resolution Rentals to shoot strays, um, picking up some camera gear, some camera gear. And um, I think I had gotten an email earlier that day and like which was like um, basically confirming that I've made it to a certain round of the Television Academy's internship interview process. And we were talking about it in the car, and we were, and we were having this pretty much exact conversation we're having right now. We're talking about what jobs I'm having, the New York jobs, the, the synergetic jobs, the, the L.A., because you were talking about moving to L.A. too. And so we were having that. We were having literally this conversation um, about what's going to happen when we graduate. Where are we going to go? <laughs> Where are we going to end up? And then... We parked, we went into Resolution Rentals, and we're in the process of running out all the camera gear, gear, all the, the dollies, all the camera gear so that, you know, we can shoot. It was it was fun for me. It was the most uh, professional camera gear I had used and been the, I guess, DP. First time really, like, DPing at that level. And, like, halfway through the rental process, I got a phone call from, um, from the Television Academy that I had been selected for their live television production internship in Los Angeles, um, which was like a, I think, an eight-week uh, internship program. And I got that call, and I, like, I, I remember being really excited, but it was... Like like I like I was just saying in the car we're talking about like the six different options laid out in front of me and I'm like and so I'm on the phone and I'm like I'm like can I just like I, I I'm really excited and and I'm 
I would love to take the position, but I need to like call my dad or like I was like I need a second to like think about it. if I say yes right now, like I'm moving to LA and that's yeah. like that's it. Like I'm moving to LA if I tell her yes on the phone right now. And I think I mentioned that. I'm like, I need to, you know, this this means like I just graduated. Um I would this would be a move, like a permanent move to LA for me. I'm just gonna run this by my parents and and everything and and then I'll get back to you and and it was cool you were right there I got off the phone and we were we were all excited you were you know real excited for me and I was I felt really good about it called my dad and my mom I think I talked to them together and that was I think that was the decision was made right there I, was, I think it was made like in in the car on the way home I was like we we're in the car with a bunch of camera gear in the back, driving to make a movie, and I was like, "Okay, I'm moving to LA." Yep. <laughs> yeah. And now here we are living together. Yeah. Now, now yep. all three of us living together. Yeah. I would, I would, that's the reaction. It's pretty dis, uh, surprising to me in a way because it almost seems like, as you were describing your college mindset, like you were very future thinking and like kind of seemed to have everything planned out to an extent yeah wouldn't you say so yeah i yeah i mean i have i had a lot planned out or i was like i had i had everything that's the way i am i planned out like what each thing would look like you know like it planned out the new york planned out the la planned out the the philly you know staying in the philly. options yeah and and but I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's at that time, it's like, I don't, I still don't know what I'm doing. You know, I'm out here in LA for two years now. I have no clue what's going on, but I do, but I don't, but <laughs> everything's planned out. I have a, I have a plan to get to where I want to be, but like, I don't know how I'm getting there. Or what and what, and what is doing, that? But where do you want to be? I want to be, well, I am a camera operator. I got to start saying that more, but, <laughs> but, uh, you are, you yeah. are, um, but I want to be a camera operator and director. I mean, the directing is still, I came out here to LA wanting to be a multi-camera director. And that was like, that was laser focused. That was the only thing. And then the more I've worked out here and met people and talked to people, I've, I've realized camera is the true passion. Um, and so running camera, like being a camera operator for um, broadcast uh, and entertainment television um, in Sports and entertainment and live live events, um, that's that's the that's the dream. I mean, I need to know. Because mm. I feel like I asked it last time or before earlier, and I don't know if I fully got it. But what is it? What is it about this idea of camera? Yeah, that's so that makes you so passionate about it. Yeah. Well, you you know me. You know me and Tyler were. Big skiers, mm-hmm. surfers. You're, um, you're a big experience, yeah, experience guy out, out yes. and about doing it, living in the moment. You know, that's kind of where I find my peace, my mental sanity <laughs> is things that force me to be living in the moment. I mean, um, I, I guess I can see that because it, I didn't realize you like to have everything so planned out in a way yeah. at the same time. And then, like, yeah. so do you find that this. I mean, I try my best. I try my best to plan it out. You're calculating. Yeah, calculate. I try my best to plan it out, but I'm not like I'm not super married to anyone. You're open minded at the same time. But do you think? Do you feel like you need this this skiing and the surfing like camera almost? Does it let you? Does it give you that break that you need from this like almost 
controlled absolutely and, oh that's that's and, yeah i mean that's exactly right that's what that's what surfing does for me it gets me away from the yeah the planned out like laser fo- like fire under my butt to co- go to get my career and like and trying to figure out like the right steps to go do achieve my goals you know f- and planning all that out and and that's what that's what surfing skiing and working on these events you know wor- working in in live television does for me you know and and that's what uh camera operating does for me too it's it's very i get to you know be creative and um like capture live moments as they happen in front of me and i get to be a part of this thing that will only exist today or here and now and then and then it's on to the next on to the next one so it really is the live moments that you like to capture. I mean, yeah. I know you're a big movie guy. I know you're, yeah. you watch a lot of TV too, but like between the two, narrative and experiential slash live, it's, yeah. it's the latter. That's that definitely, yeah. I mean, that's where I've kind of always, I mean, that's where it started. Like, you know, you heard all about high school. That's where it started in high school is football games and musicals and plays. And, um, and it's kind of always stayed that way, you know, and that, and that, and at first I thought it was audio engineers that I could be at, you know, live events my whole life, live music my whole life. And and then I fell in love with the process of TV and camera, multi-camera television, fell in love with that process. And now that's kind of, I mean, I'm still on that track to work there because for me, I love, I love working on, I've worked on a lot of short films at Temple and um, worked on uh, short films and drama uh, narrative scripted television series out here and I've I have just as much fun working on those productions but for me there you just can't it doesn't get better than the excitement of of live of live television and and yeah I guess. <laughs> let's talk about the fire under your butt that you're speaking yeah. of and I know that's maybe the less comfortable thing to talk about but everybody that comes on this podcast everybody mm-hmm. entering this entertainment industry at the entry level right they all talk about the industry being non-linear right there's yeah. no there's stepping no right step. there's no path Direct there's no way. clear yeah. path to get to where you want to mm-hmm. get what are the best ways that you navigate it and especially with a career that can go several different ways how do you balance that yeah it's it's tough. Um, that's, I mean, for the first year being out here, that was what I was searching for. I was like, I was searching for answers or uh, a handbook, like a step-by-step guide to get, you know, to where you want to go. Like, how do I, how do I get in the business as a camera operator? How do I get my first camera operating gig? And like, for me, the way I navigate it, I don't know if it's the best way, but I think it's working so far. <laughs> um, it, I, I just I talk to as many camera operators, camera utilities, people that people that do the jobs I want to do when I'm on set. I just I try to talk to them and it's still ask them, all about networking. Yeah, all about networking. And you know, there's a there's a time and a place for it on set, obviously. Um, but you know, I try to find out about their their path. You know, and everyone like you're just saying, everyone's got a different path. You know, and so I just try to kind of like absorb as many different pathways as that other people have taken and it it gives you things to think about or jobs to look for or places to keep your near open for jobs or you know and and just kind of 
from a pool of 3,000 pathways, I'll take segments from everyone's pathway and piece it together to make my own, I guess, if that makes sense. And so when, uh, we touched on it a little bit, but when you're looking for freelance jobs, are they more coming to you from your network or is it more you are net like you happen to text someone and they go, oh yeah, we do have a job. Like what is yeah. it more? Is it more you finding the job or the job coming to you? It, it's it's definitely both. It, it ebbs and flows. There's times where I've had two months of work come straight to me, like just from people I know because the connections um, that I work with, the, the production managers that I've worked with on a regular basis, like it just happens. So it happens that four of them line up these gigs. They're all working on different stuff, but they all line up at a certain time that sends me work for a month and a half or two months. Um, and and then there's times where I'm not hearing from anyone and I'm texting everyone, hey, I'm available. Hey, how are you? I'm available. And, it, you know, you say it a little bit nicer than that, but... Um, you know, I'm texting everyone and there's just, there's nothing and I'm applying to gigs on staff me up every day and just sending out all kinds of applications. And then, you know, one thing will come through and then it's, it's, it's tricky. I don't, it it ebbs and flows. There's, there's a lot of, it's, I'd say it's 50, 50 of over, over the course of the time I've been in LA, I'd say 50% of the work I've found and 50% of the work has come to me and by I find by me finding the work I mean just like whether it's an application on staff me up or texting someone or yeah with each of the gigs that you're getting you're learning so much right you're working mm-hmm. crazy hours 12 hour days whatever it is what are you learning most from it are you learning the networking side and the business side and how to get the jobs or are you learning the technical camera work yeah or I think I, th- I definitely both um I think as a PA, what I mostly learned from it is the networking side, how to, you know, and and just meeting people, you Mm -hmm. know, and just knowing who does what in this business, who does what on these shows and, and just meeting people and doing that thing, uh, you know, to answer, to add on to one of the answers to your question, um, like how do I navigate uh, networking with people? I'd literally... I mean, I'll say it differently than this, obviously, but it's at its core is what I say. I'll, if there's a camera operator, I don't know who's a steady cam operator or a handheld operator, or uh, if there's an AC on set who looks cool and approachable. I literally just walk up to him and say, "Hey, my name's Matt. I want to do what you do." And you live by and, that. You and, like to do that on every set. I, I not every set. I mean, there's definitely sets where I don't do it because I know the answer I'm gonna get. It'll come <laughs> more naturally. Or, yeah, yeah, like or. I know, I know the answer I'm going to get. Or has, it, has there been a time that you've gone out of your way to go up to somebody and they are dismissive? Um, no, never dismissive. Like in, yeah, I wouldn't say dismissive. I mean, there's definitely times where people, that's, that's what I mean. Like there's times on set where I don't ask that question or don't go up to that person and say that thing because I know the answer is just going to be the, like this kind of answer they give to every kid that's asked that question. You know, because they're not in, they're they're not interested in diving deep into a conversation like we're having on on set while mm-hmm. they're working. You know? Who are you gonna be when you're in their shoes? Um, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the person that opens up and <laughs> tries to be cool and friendly. Right. There's, there's a lot. I mean, there's a ton of those people for me that I've met and people that have been so kind to me um, that 
I'm, I'm going to be that way too. I'm going to be, I, I'm absolutely passing it down. I've always, in, that's one of the more fun things of working on TUTV or strays is having people to teach. I love teaching. I love sharing my knowledge for camera and equipment to, to someone that I don't even know that much, you know, but at, temp, at, at college, at Temple, there's a PA who's never touched it before, you know, and, and just sharing what you know with them. That's, I love that. And so I'm, I'm going to always be that way. I, I also would say I get such a thrill of going up to people. I love it. Yeah, right. yeah, it, yeah it, it, I do too. It's yeah. fun. And you get the rush and you never know what can come from it. I think yeah, that's yeah. probably where know. it stems yeah. from. There's nothing There's nothing bad that could happen in that yeah. situation. One of the reasons I have this job at WME is because I went up to an agent a few years ago who uh, was from my hometown and I saw him out to dinner. And I just, just went up to him and I was like, I gotta, I gotta do it. Yeah. Hey, I want to work in the well, industry. I yeah, admire I was, your work. I was, I was more like I was emailing with him and I was yeah, like, I yeah. want to introduce myself in person. Sorry to interrupt your dinner, but he was nothing. He was, yeah, it was so nice about it. It yeah. was very. I mean, you're an expert networker. Okay. You know, it, and it's, it's networking varies based on what you're trying to do in right. your career. Like networking is different for me. And it, it's, it's often a lot easier for me to approach a camera guy and just say, Hey, I want to do what you do. Or like, you know, in, on strays in that senior year of college, I'd been taking the steady cam class, um, at temple and fell in love with, uh, operating a steady cam. And so on a lot of, a lot of sets, I'll see a steady cam op balancing their steady cam rig. And I'll just ask a question that lets them know, I, you know, ask a question about their process for balancing the rig or like, what, what are you setting your drop time to? And it's like, it's like kind of like, a, it feels like a know-it-all thing, you know, like, like, oh, I know, I know about steady cam. No, but it's like, when you do that more often than not, they're going to, they're going to answer the question genuinely with knowledge about what they're doing. And then I learn and I learn from them about it, you know, and that's kind of how I've made a lot of good connections for steady cam operators is just literally going up to them and saying, Hey, and then the first time I did that in L.A., it was this was during the, uh, live, the, the Television Academy uh, live television production internship I had. I was working on a pre-shoot for the Teen Choice Awards, and it was my first time on set in L.A. ever. And there was a steady came up there, and I didn't really have much to do as a PA at the time, so I just kind of went up, asked him, he was building his rig, asked him about how he's building his rig, and, and he loved that. He loved it. So, we got oh, to talking. Let me, let me tell really you about cool. my rig. Yeah. Future Matt Ward is really, going to be that guy. Yeah, exactly. Up. Someone, someone, up to him. Someone's yeah. asking about the rig I'm building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so he was telling me all about it while he was building it. And then, and then like, once he finished building it and we were wheeling over, he's like, he's like, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll get you in it. We'll, we'll let you fly it later. And I was just like, what? <laughs> like, you're, really? What? <laughs> no yeah. way. Yeah, and, right. uh, and so that was... That was that was a cool. That's kind of that one guy. I'm still connected. With, I work on a lot of stuff with him still. Um, uh, his name's Rob Vona. He's one of the best steady cam ops in the business. Um, but just him being, you know, like you're saying, that guy that I'm going to be when I'm, you know, at the height of my career, and someone asks me a question, being that guy, him being friendly, gave me the courage to just do that on every set is like oh that worked okay i'm gonna keep doing that i'm gonna keep going up to people and saying hey it's yeah. nerve-wracking yeah. once you realize how um how beneficial it is and like it's scary but it's actually not yeah it, 
yeah, at the end of the day, like nobody's gonna tell you off. Right. I find agents really scary. I could never, I, I could never network in the. I mean, I, I could, I, I definitely could, but I wouldn't want to network in the agency environment. No, like agents scare me. I don't want to. When I was <laughs> when I was working at like Focus Features or doing my MBC internships, like I was like I was scared to go into the <laughs> to the to the office of the head guy at in whatever department I was in. You know, I just and it wasn't. I think part of it was I knew that I wasn't gonna really end up there or like leverage that connection in a big way in the future so well i would also say the just agencies in general and like even studios i feel like people are just so much more like on a schedule it's like i work i have to work all the time i work and on set it's much more like correct if i'm wrong but it it's more like, hey, like I'm on a set, like yeah. come and talk to me. Definitely, That's it's definitely more open. Yeah, I mean, I belong on set. I always wanted to be on set, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah. So when you're at home, you know, for your job, whether it's in an office or on set, you know, it makes it easier to to relate to people. And when you can relate to people, then you can network with them and approach them and strike up conversation. So you them. had these leadership roles in college, right? Mm-hmm. How have how has being a leader helped you to be an assistant and to to serve somebody else? Because you yeah. you did Alex's job in college, right? So yeah, how has that informed your assistantship? I think more so. I mean, I can get to the job. I, I can I can think about how it helps with Alex. But I think aside from Alex, that, your boss, yeah, Alex, my boss, who is a direct, yeah, who's the director who does what I one one day hope to do. But it's not even being the leadership part of directing two TV shows hasn't even helped so much with with that job as it has with just being a PA on sets right. on all kinds of sets right. throughout. Um, what do you say throughout like my experience? The ability to to lead like, to it's the ability to to step up and like and and take charge of a project without having to be having to be told what to do, you know? Or like there's there's some PAs that I've worked with that can be bossy, you know, and they like, they take more response, they take more leadership than what is maybe necessary. But for me, it's just, it, it helped me, um, on set when, when, when there is a clear opening for someone to step up and take charge of a certain task, whether it's, whether it's the trash or whether it's, you know, pulling up the cardboard that protects the carpet and, you know, like whatever it is, like there's sometimes, there's just like an opening for someone to just kind of like take charge of a thing or step up and lead um, the other PAs and rally them and you can get them going. And I think that's kind of where I've used those skills. And, the, the and you most. wanted that when you were directing. You wanted those people to, to do that for you. So yeah. now you're essentially acting as. Yeah. That. At, at, yeah, it's exactly. It's at Temple when you're making those shows, everyone's. Even though I'm the director and I've been doing the show for three or four years, everyone's on the same. Everyone's a student. Everyone's on the same level, you know. And 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 that makes it easy to. That makes it a little bit easier to lead, you know, and work together um, and find that balance between leadership and working together. Um, and I think on set, professional sets here in Hollywood working like there's clearly a hierarchy and it's mm-hmm. different way different than TUTV. there's a hierarchy there's there's people that are the boss but 
amongst your PA team, amongst your team of PAs, um, it's the same. It's the same environment. You're all you're all a PA. You're all here to learn and figure out how to do your job best and learn what job you want to do. And so it, that you're all in the same playing field, like you were, like I was just saying, you were in in college. And so being in a leadership role in college, just it kind of naturally, when the opportunity arises, it comes out, you know, on as a PA on site. I, I do feel like there is a certain maybe humility that also you have to develop when you kind of get into this job, like Absolutely. especially coming from college where, I mean, I know I can relate where I've had many leadership roles and then yeah. suddenly I'm at the bottom of the barrel. And like, would you feel that at least at, in your first few days starting on set, uh-huh. was there any sort of a learning curve in being like, I used to be at the, the top dog in my college TV shows and now I'm like grind and paying my dues and doing as much as I can and, and have to switch from yeah. being a leader to now an assistant. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. I don't think it was a step down. There's definitely a learning curve, right? And there's definitely mm-hmm. a huge part of that adjustment that you just described happens. But going from TU TV shows <laughs> to Hollywood shows is such a big jump in the upward direction that it still feels like you're going up you know like it's still because you are yeah for the record because yeah because (laughs) you are and like and even though you're taking even though you're a pa and you're taking the trash out versus directing temple tonight three camera show in a studio built in the 1980s you know that's gonna air on a public access channel like you're taking the trash out for the teen choice awards which millions of people are gonna want like arguably taking that trash out or getting the water restocked for all the crew is way more important than directing to UTV. You know, well, I mean, it's, I it, do want to ask though, like, maybe is it more at least in the behavior of how you are on a set? Was that something that you had to learn? Like, did it come so easily for you to shut up about a certain camera shot that they were doing that you didn't necessarily agree with? Like, was there any sort of learning curve in the behavior of that you had to change of your different position on the set? I think it was definitely an adjustment to learn the, like, like being like a puppy dog, you know? Like, if someone points at something and says, pick it up, like, you run over, pick it up, and bring it to them, like, mm-hmm. a, little, like, like a little puppy dog, you know? Or, like, you run and grab a water. Like, you want to, like, if the, if the AD sticks his hands out, like, you just have to, like, slap a water in it, you know? Or, like, and so there's definitely, like, there's definitely a learning curve with with that but it's almost i mean it's at the same time you're eager to do it because you know you know what that means if you understand the significance of i feel like i had a good grasp on that from the start so it wasn't a crazy like it wasn't a crazy switch for me because like i that i mean it goes back to what i was just saying like the taking out the trash on a huge show is such an important job and if you look at it that way then you're eager to do it and you're not like you're not feeling like you're taking down a notch because you were directing it temple tv or like um what was i just gonna say i lost it well like you were saying you're working with people (laughs) and you're like every single time you step on set that's essentially an interview for the next job that you're gonna get exactly and that's always you know that's that's how i have wanted i've always wanted to build my career that way i hate applying to jobs in the typical fashion mm-hmm. or like applying to office jobs. 
I always, I just, for me, everything's a working interview, you know, like working in restaurants is a working interview. You know, when you, you they don't, they, they ask you about who you are and you just say, yeah, I'm, I'm responsible. And then they're like, okay, let's see how you do. And it's like, it's the same thing on, it's the same thing on set. Like you, I just show up and it's a working interview and that's, you know that. And if you kill it, then you're going to get that opportunity or maybe even a bigger opportunity, which is how it works for you, you know, mm-hmm. you were, you were slapping waters in the eighties hand every, like he, he was never without a water. He was, ne- he was never exactly. without a water when he wanted it. He never wanted for water, which is <laughs> such a crazy thing. Like that is that adjustment, you know, like that's such a weird mindset to be in. I really do think it's a second language. You have Definitely. to, it needs to become a trigger yeah. for someone sticking their hand out to be putting a water yeah. into it. Like I know for me, like they're at my new job in an agency I had to learn a new language of just things I had never thought I would have yeah. to do, and now I have to do all of it, and it's be it's bizarre. And even just the simplest things of like knowing that, like, if you see an email, you know exactly what to do off that email, and like that yeah. that comes with time. And it's I funny guess- almost. I was laughing about it. I think I was laughing about it last night. Like. I, like thinking about the the mindset, the mode you go into as a PA, you know, like when so on certain shows more more so than others, or certain people you're working with more so than others. Working with Alex, it's a, that's a big thing. Like learning, like his process is so he's so in it. Like from the minute he sets foot on set to the minute he leaves, he is he's so in, enveloped and so invested in the work he's doing and. You don't get a lot of you don't get a lot of personal contact, but all day I'm running I'm running to Starbucks and I know his Starbucks order by heart. I know you know I'm running around getting him what he needs so that he doesn't have to want for anything, and everything's just there when he needs. All the little things are there so that he can use 100% brain power on what he's doing, and it's it's such a funny thing. Like if you really think about it and like look looking back on it, it's like it's hilarious to me like being being that person it's like you're you're not being yourself you're being this like pa like this pa expert pa like i don't know you're just just part of the engine you're a part exactly you're just a moving part of the engine yeah and i do want to ask going off of that like we if that's that's your job i guess necessarily like supporting the director of mass singer yeah and as is it at least being in that room and I know we talked about it a little bit, and maybe you would feel comfortable talking about like his whole process, like his um, yeah. new thing that he brought to America. To American directing, yeah. yes. Um, British, he brought British directing to America, which was very. Cool. <laughs> but, I, there's people that did it before him, but, but in a cool way. I guess yeah. I, what I'm saying is like you're not necessarily doing the job of of like someone in the booth, like you're supporting the booth, right? And like yeah. it, it, that enough though? Is it enough that? Like, at least you're grateful to be watching these people do their jobs that you would one day, it would be a lot easier to step into their position. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and the reason I love my job so much is that it, it, it the entire thing is a learning process. Like, I'm sitting there watching the show be put together. I have a view of every camera, you know, me being wanting to be a camera operator that shoots for Alex. It's literally just a study in how to be a camera operator for Alex or how to be, you know, if I wanted to be a TD, it'd be how to be a TD for Alex. If I wanted to be an AD, it'd be how to be an AD for Alex. It, it, I'm literally just in that room 
and my, my role has grown. My, so I, I, there's a lot of things that I do now to support to support the production That's more great. so than just like more so than just coffee for Alex and how many weeks a year are you doing mass singer? Um, I think we do maybe th- four months of taping a year. Okay. We have three, we do three seasons a year, I think, or is it two? And then the rest of the eight, you're just well, like, COVID through a little through COVID. Yeah. COVID switched up a bunch. Right. So it, it's hard. It's hard for me. It, it, I think we, I think there's, there's a year where we've done two episodes, two seasons, and a year where we do three seasons. And a season takes a month and a half, five to six weeks. And the other eight months, film. you're just looking for work. Yeah, I'm in any production on yeah. any. And it's worked out great. It's worked out great for me to have that somewhat consistent role that gives me a lot of time to find other work, whether it's AC work, second AC work, or camera PA work, or just PA work in general on music videos. Some things, new things that I haven't done before um it's it's really challenging at times you know because when there's not you know i was talking about when there's you know work comes to me or i find work when i'm not finding work and the work's not coming then then that's it's really that's the most difficult part about freelancing it's been really hard at times but it's also i wouldn't i haven't found a part-time i've looked at part-time jobs and sent in applications but i've never chased one down seriously because uh the opportunities afforded through just being able to say yes when someone hits me up with something cool right. and be like, yeah, I'm available. Like that, that's valuable in, in itself. And I enjoy, I enjoy that. What were you just working on and what's coming up for you? I was just working on, uh, golf shows for golf channel. Um, so sort of like PGA tour, but it wasn't PGA tour. It was college, college tour golf. So I did a couple tournaments. Um, one, in Arkansas, one in Atlanta. Um, now I'm back home for a short time, and then I'm doing my first PGA Tour uh, tournament, golf tournament, in Phoenix. And then from there, I'm flying to the East Coast to work on Annie Live, which Whoa. is the the newest installment of a series of. Uh, well, no, I shouldn't say it that way. It's its own. It's its own standalone thing. But it's the latest live television musical. So you're probably familiar with what network? Uh, NBC. I think NBC's done almost all of them. I think you know you're familiar with Jesus Christ Superstar or Rent or Grease Live, Hairspray Live. Um, I think NBC has done all of them, and NBC is doing Annie Live now too. That's going to be airing on December second. So everyone should tune in. Live. And that's Alex and Josh. That is Alex and Holly. Okay. Holly. So Josh isn't doing that one. Um, These people, they and, really bring you around. They, yeah. They like yeah. you. Yeah. The, the, the golf show is my first time traveling for work, like officially being paid to travel and for you, work. You're and you were holding a camera during those, were you not? Hands on gear. Yeah. And yep. what are you going to be doing in any live? Are you going to be in the booth? I'm going to be doing... Is this Alex's assistant? Yeah. Again? I'm yes. assistant to Alex and Holly. Uh, Holly's the associate director. Um, so I'll be assisting them and making camera cards um, and probably doing a lot of uh, rehearsal, uh, record and playback, which is, um, those are all the things I do on Mass Singer. So what I do on Mass Singer, but for any live, but obviously it's a live show. So the process, I'm really excited to see that process, you know, and how, how, the, pro- how the way Alex works and what I know of that and what my job is with that um, that process travels to everything Alex works on, but obviously 
it differs from project to project, whether it's a mass singer television series or a live event, a live special, or I've worked with him on billboards, and even that's different than mass singer. And so I'm really excited to see how the live musical um, all comes together and how my role fits into that process. That's cool. All right. Well, we have a little bit of time, and okay. I wanted—I asked a question before, and I want to get that answer. Okay. Could you talk a little bit about what that British directing process yeah. is on Master? Because yes. you told me once, and I thought it was so cool. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, in in multi in live multi camera television directing, there's I mean two camps uh, or two methods, uh, so to speak, um, the American method and the British method, and Alex, uh, my boss, the director I work for, is a British director. Um, and basically, it's it's scripted versus non-scripted um, in terms of camera shots. So we're not, talking, we're not talking reality versus scripted television. We're talking purely the technical aspects of camera work, um, uh, scripted camera shots versus non-scripted, um, and kind of shooting freely. Uh, and so the way Alex works, um, it... It's and, and when I'm talking about scripting, we're referring to music. So scripting music shots mm-hmm. um, or musical performances, whether it be Billboard Music Awards or shows like that. Um, basically, uh, the way it works is the music for the performance will be broken down into a form of sh- uh, sheet music. But instead of sheet music, like you would read for playing piano or an instrument, um, it's kind of broken down into camera language. Um, and so it, it first is broken down into a breakdown, which uh, basically takes out the beat. So like if you're counting along with music, like one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four. So the whole song is broken down into those beats and bars. Um, and then the lyrics are put in place uh, so that you can see lyrically where the lyrics line up with the music. And then Alex... What Alex does as a director, he then scripts it. So he will watch a rehearsal, a wide shot rehearsal footage of the performance. And then in his head, he will use all 13 cameras that they're not there. The cameras are all shut down. The camera operators aren't there. But in inside Alex's mind, in his head, he will use all 13 cameras to, to shoot the performance. And he will write that down onto paper. So he'll put shots... Um, put shots down and then the shot description, what he wants the camera operator to do. Um, and so that all gets written out and then the, um, the AD will take that and create a shot script. And a shot script is the, is the script of where each shot and what that shot is and how long that shot is happens throughout the piece of music that was broken down. And from there, that's what the technical director and the director and the associate director use to shoot the performance live. They use the shot script. The shot script generates camera cards, which is a big part of my job. So I make the camera cards. I format them in Word and I print them out and cut them so that they're small and portable. Um, and I deliver those camera cards to the camera operators. And so the cam- each camera operator gets a card that has all of their shots and performance. They could have shots five, six, and 20 in the performance. Mm-hmm. But there are shots one through 30. Um, and so each camera gets a, a sh- shot card with their um, shots. And then 
they go and rehearse the the do a camera block so that's the first rehearsal with cameras and with the TD and with everyone in place and the associate director will is he's sort of he's a conductor of camera choreography so if you think about a conductor for a symphony how they're up there you know keeping the time waving their wand so that everyone in the in the symphony knows where they are in the piece and whether to be loud or quiet or whatever uh, the associate director, Josh, who we've been talking about a lot on Mass Singer, um, he will count out the shot script. It's, a shot script is something you can read, much like you can read a piece of music. Um, he will count it out. Um, I can give sort of an example. So if it's like we're coming up on shot two, he'll be counting out. It's like one, two, three, four, shot two, two bars. And you wait two bars and you go two, two, three, four, shot three. And so he's literally reads that out over the whole course of the song. That's how all the camera operators know when their shot's coming up. So they know what shot's before them. They know what shot's after them. They know um, how long the shot before them is because out, because Josh is counting it out. And the technical director, who actually cuts between the cameras, um, follows along with that as well. And it's interesting because the technical director, some technical directors, they all everyone works differently. Everyone works their own way. But some technical directors will actually print out music staff, um, like sheet music for actual in musical instrumentation, and then put, they will write in the uh, camera cards or the camera shots and the shot numbers in that, and they will play the technical, sw the switcher, they'll play the technical director board as if it's a piano, like they're reading a piece of sheet music. And then, so yeah, and then once you see it once, you, there's a whole process after that that we go through and add, Alex will make edits to shots, but that's kind of the general idea between behind scripted, uh, the British method, scripted musical performances. Everything is scripted, and then you adjust it from there. So, to summarize your long explanation, yeah, the camera people have a choreographed dance to the music yes. that is playing for the performers. Exactly, I and mean, it's not literally a dance, but it is. the The, the camera team considers themselves. Almost like one camera operator is described to me as like made the analogy of a football offensive line. You know, everyone has their own move to make, and and that's how the camera cameras work. You know, the handheld has their shot. The steady cam has to be on stage, but they have to get off stage before the wide shot happens. And it's this whole dance they do, and they're making they're looking at each other across. The, and that's that's what draws me. You know, to go back to that too. That's what draws me to camera operating in a live multi-camera aspect is the team aspect you have a team of camera operators and you learn your inner workings you learn how to work together um, just like any sports team would and you're working together to do this choreographed camera dance cool well for those of you who did not know what goes into live television yeah. now you do matt ward <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the podcast yeah. this has been phenomenal um, yeah Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming all the way here. Yeah. From, from, from your room. From, yeah. <laughs> Two doors down. Um, all right. Well, yes. Thank you, Matt. We are the mailroom where we interview aspiring entertainment industry professionals. Uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.